good morning and new life this is Pastor Paco here in uh, at our building on 27 in Longdale and I want to send you a great great greeting and um, this morning this morning we're um, we're recording actually on Friday morning and I wanted to invite you to come with me I'm gonna read a scripture and uh, scripture for this morning is on Matthew chapter 16 um, Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, uh, the Bible says that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, which you need to stop for a moment, and you need to know that this is one of the, the farthest north uh, places that Jesus ever went to within all of Israel. In other words, he never, were, he never went farther north that we know of than Caesarea Philippi. And, um, and Jerusalem is way down in the south of Israel. In other words, he had stretched all of his work to the north. From here, he's going to begin coming down to Jerusalem or, or he's going to die. And so uh, it said, he asked his disciples, who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they reply, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. And still others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is like an important moment. It's found right in the middle of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, right now we're reading from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16, but in the middle of the Gospel of Mark, um, right between the 16 chapters, right squared center in chapter eight, um, the first beginning of all the, the ministry of Jesus, the first eight chapters, um, are like Mark talks very clearly about how they're like great multitudes, it's crowds, it's blessing, it's amazing, healings, demons coming out, it's like demonstrations of power and, and amazing ministry to multitudes. And then he gets to chapter eight where he asks this question, and at that very moment, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, you have seen everything about me that I have to show you. What is your conclusion? What is your heart telling you about me? And Peter is the one that speaks out and says, you are Messiah. You are a king. You are the one that we had been waiting for, that has been promised from long ago. And then Jesus says to Simon, you are... Um, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonas, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven you have received direct revelation from God, and you are acting on it. And I tell you this truth, that you are Peter. Now, that little word Peter is not a name. For us, the, name, the, the word Peter is a name. It's like, hey, there's Peter. <laughs> um, uh, for Jesus' time, the word Peter meant in Greek, stone you are like you are a firm foundation that's what Jesus is saying to Peter to Simon Simon you are firm foundation you are stone on which I can build my kingdom and this listen to what he says it says um, and on this rock on you on Peter I will build my church and even the gates of Hades would not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. 
And then he ordered his disciples to not say anything to anyone. Like amazing words. Like, wow, this kind of understanding, when men and women come to understand that I am indeed the Messiah, that I am indeed the one that was to bring a beginning of a new, uh, of a new humanity through the, God's new humanity again, who's the one who's able to re return us to the way that God meant for us to be. When you understand that, Jesus says, you have become a great stone, a great foundation upon which I can build a church that would, that would not be limit, limited by any death in this world. The gates of Hades, death. Because you have understood that I have come to bring life, to be a kingdom of life. But then look at what's happening. Now, by the way, if you were Peter, if you were Simon, you would say, man, that's amazing. Today's my favorite day. You would go back to your room, get your journal, start writing like awesome days, like oh, amazing. Um, and then from that time on, Matthew tells us, verse 21, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that we must go to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if you've been part of any moment in your life where you've gathered with other people, you've created a conspiracy which took hold of your heart and you decided, let's, let's do this thing. I've, I've been part of that once. Buenos dias. Um, and at that time, it, I was a Moody student, 19 years of age, with a group of other students, um, Latino students in Cicero. We were meeting in a small little crumb apartment of a friend and among all of us we just started talking it, was, it just started as a meeting of friends eating together started talking how's it going how's it? and eventually the conversation which was in the Sunday afternoon just moved on to thinking about uh, about man we would like to see a movement of God and then eventually moved on to let's start a church Let's start our own church where we will lead people to Jesus. We will do it radically. We, like, I, I remember those things. I remember by late into the night, maybe someone somewhere around midnight, like we all said, let's do this together. It almost felt like we will all put our hands in the middle and said, like, we will die doing this. It feels a little bit like this. Every now and then I, um, I kind of like imagine the like revolutionaries. I imagine Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, and you know, like thinking of the Russian Revolution. And it, it might have started in a conversation, uh, you know, in a bar or in the house or something. And then eventually from their conversation, they ended up saying, let's do this thing. So when Jesus says, let's go to Jerusalem, listen to this. He's at the northernmost part of Israel. He says, on to Jerusalem. He's just told them, I am building a kingdom that would not be stopped by anyone, by the forces of death. I'm building this kind of kingdom. And, um, and then he says, let's go to Jerusalem. There must have been like this fire in their hearts, like saying, on to Jerusalem, ah, revolution. Like, let's get rid of our oppressors. Let's, you know, like, let's establish a new kingdom. But then Jesus throws this, wedge, this wrench. He says, let's go to Jerusalem where I will suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that, and he will be, and that I must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Now Peter, stop 
And the Bible says that Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. This little word rebuke him is the same word that Matthew has used before of Jesus rebuking demons. In other words, it's a violent word, like a violent way of speaking, like what? Stop it! You know, like standing over Jesus and telling them, never Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And then Jesus turned and said to Peter, remember, said to the rock, get behind me because you are a stumbling block to me. Because you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. There's a play of words right here. He's telling them, you are the stone upon which we can build a kingdom that would have no end. But at this very moment, the way in which you're thinking about life and living life and talking to me and trying to pressure me in this way, you have turned from being a firm foundation to a stumbling stone. To a stone upon which you can just trip and like go fall. I was like, oh man, you were good for nothing other, other than to trip something good and turn it back into haze, into life, into death. I'm sorry. And, um, and then Jesus turns to all of his disciples and he speaks the most clear words that you and I could hear as disciples of Jesus. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. The kind of life, that the, the outcome of His life. Let's think about these three little phrases that Jesus gives to His disciples for a few minutes, and then I want to give you a couple of applications. Number one, deny yourself. Number two, pick up your cross. Number three, follow me. Deny yourself. Many times we, I feel like it bothers me to talk about this a little bit because I feel like we almost feel like we have, uh, we know what Jesus meant. It's like deny yourself means that you take up your dreams and your plans and your desires and your relationships and you just say no to them. I don't think that's what Jesus means. No, not at all. I don't think that Jesus is saying, I put dreams into you, I don't want you to follow them. I don't think that Jesus is saying, I give you skills and I gave you abilities and I give you relationships. I want you to just get rid of them. No, no. The clear word that Jesus is giving to his disciples, to those who would become part of his revolution, is you must look inside your heart first and do the battle against your flesh in a very different way. See, all of us want to tame the flesh as humans. We understand that in, in order to, to do good things in the world, we must tame the flesh. And the way that we that we feel like we must tame the flesh is by battling really hard against it. But Jesus says, deny yourself. Uses this word of seize yourself. 
cease. I love the word yield, yield. It's almost like thinking about dying. When you die, what happens to you? When you die, you're not battling death. You don't say, death, here I come. No, you just breathe out. I've never died, but that's what I think happens in a sense to say I've been living life and at this very moment I have nothing else and just let go your body says we have no more strength your heart says I can't pump any more blood your brain says I have no more like electrical like it's a giving up and Jesus is saying the way to battle into your heart is by yielding yielding I think to understand Jesus' revolution, we must understand what the revolution was about. The invitation to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. So what is it that Jesus was inviting us to? Hey, I'm starting a new religion and for you to join my religion, then you have to do these weird things. Jesus didn't mean that at all. You have to understand Jesus' words within the context of all of the Bible. And Jesus has come as the true human it's the true Adam, uh, Paul will tell us later on. It's, in other words, the one who is reminding us how we were meant to really be men, women, fathers, brothers, workers, humans in this world. He is reminding us, and the revolution is not against only a system. It's not against other people. The revolution is first and foremost against this thing that has plagued every single one of us that steals life within us and puts death into our hearts. That's it. This, the revolution begins looking inside your heart against the sin. The, the Bible calls it sin, which is this thing within us that makes us hate our brothers, that makes us create systems in which some are at the top and some are at the bottom, and those in the top squish those in the bottom. This, Jesus is saying the revolution begins inside your heart. Deny yourself. Yield Battle the battle of your soul by giving it up completely. Who do I deny? What do I deny inside of me? Not my dreams, not my passions, not the way that God made me. I deny the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh, the Bible's going to say clearly, the works of the flesh are these things inside of us that push us to want, to want everything according to my my for my satisfaction for the me deny yourself means battle against me against the me that wants to be above others the me that tells peter to tell jesus no no don't die the battle against me in a sense the second thing that jesus says pick up your cross hey come on over i, I wanted to be out here because I wanted you to see uh, a lot of the ministry of what's happening uh, since like 7 in the morning when I brought my daughter to, uh, to Bread of Life, Ellie. Um, there has been like a lot of people online just to receive help. And uh, I love seeing a bunch of people that are here and they're serving others. But uh, I also love the fact that right across the street from our Bread of Life ministry, uh, there's a big sign that says Pan de Vida, Bread of Life. Right across the street from it is the cross. 
And the cross I know has become a symbol of something really cool. Many people have tattoos. Many people have like jewelry about it. I, I know that some guys have like, uh, I've heard that the coolest thing that you could do is have like a, as a dude, is having like a, like a cross um, uh, earring. And that's like, like really in vogue or something like that. I, I've never done it. I don't think I, I I'll do it. My wife will kick me out of the house, but I'm not saying anything bad about jewelry or tattoos or anything. I'm just saying it's like uh, the cross for the disciples of Jesus wasn't something symbolic. First of all, it was something very little. Jesus was saying, I'm, my plan is to go to Jerusalem to die. And I'm inviting you to join the revolution against itself that has destroyed us from the inside and has moved on to create systems that destroy others around us. They destroy our cities, our families, our brothers and sisters, and makes Cain kill, uh, kill Abel. And now um, by doing that, you yield first inside your heart, but second of all, you join this revolution in which you have nothing to lose. Pick up your cross and follow me. Picking up the cross means when you give me everything, you have nothing to lose. Then Jesus says, because if you lose everything, for me, you will gain the whole life, especially your soul. And then he says, and follow me. I love that little word because he's telling his disciples, which the description for a disciple is someone who follows. But he's telling his disciples, hey, I know you want to be my disciples, but you're in it for what you can get. Just like Peter. Peter is my example number one. Like just right now I told him that he's like an amazing rock. And then he turns around and he's like, he's like looking for death instead of life. When I'm looking for death that would bring life. And um, it's interesting because Jesus told Peter, get behind me. Meaning, as a disciple, you can't go ahead of me. You must go behind me. A disciple, an apprentice of Jesus must go behind Jesus. It says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. I want to give you three ways in which you can clearly apply this in your life, in, in which you can clearly yield, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. The first one is through prayer. Prayer has become clearly in my mind one of the most clear evidences of where my heart is. How your prayer life is really says a lot about, about how you are. And I want to invite you. I don't, I don't mean to grab you and throw you under the bus, beat you or kick you or stomp on you and like, you know, spit on you and say, like, you haven't been praying like, ah, useless disciple. No, I, I mean to invite you to a sweet, Re renovation of your heart starting this Friday all of summer long we've been praying at the arch every Friday night starting this next Friday this coming Friday the 18th we are going to we're done with we, we, this last Friday was the last Friday at the arch but starting this next Friday we're going to start 10 days. We're going to join a movement of God throughout our city in taking 10 days of prayer and fasting. And the first day will be on Friday night. And we're going to meet with brothers and sisters from 
throughout our world, not just our city, but throughout our world, outside our building right here on 27 in Londale, I wanna invite you from six to 10 at night. Some of you, I wanna say this as boldly as I can as your pastor, some of you have clearly avoided coming, coming to the prayer at the arch the entire summer. In other words, you got perfect, not perfect attendance, perfect absence. I feel like I, I, I thought, man, is this brother literally going to go the entire summer having come zero times? And I thought, man, many of you actually got perfect absence. Um, and I don't mean to beat you up, or kick you again, stomp on you, <laughs> make you feel guilty. But the best way to understand whether you're denying yourself, picking up your cross and following Jesus is through prayer. It's the fire that comes at yielding to the Holy Spirit in your life to, together with others. I wanna invite you to check again your life of prayer. The second thing, that I, the second way in which you can apply this is having an attitude, a posture of grace. The Bible says clearly that Jesus was Jesus, John, the apostle says we knew that it was him clearly God has come among us in the flesh how because he was filled with grace and truth out of grace he has given grace upon grace upon grace we have received grace from him upon grace upon grace in other words his posture was a posture of grace not of judgment not of insult not of pushing not of hating a posture of grace what does that mean that means that you are in front of your son, you're in front of your roommate, you're in front of your co-worker, you're in front of your boss, you're in front of your finances, and instead of having an attitude of against, you're like in the middle of an argument, instead of having like an attitude of let me go against it and let me bring my best arguments, it doesn't mean that you can't have good arguments, but instead of having that posture of let me resist you, let me go against you. Let me be Satan, the Satan, the one who trips others. Instead of doing that, a posture of giving. After all, Jesus said, the revolution begins by those men and women who decide to love their enemies, to bless those who curse them, to bless those who persecute them. Whether that's an enemy far away, or that's your wife, that's your brother, that's your parents, that's your children, that's your co-worker, that's another brother and sister from church from another region of the country, like Trumper or a Black Lives Matter. Or so. so like the posture of grace is a posture that listens first. It's a posture that forgives. It's a posture that forget that confesses. It's a posture that blesses others. And I want to invite you to deny yourself, pick up your cross, gain your soul by losing your life. What would it look like if you lose an argument, but you gain a brother? And the third way in which I want to encourage you to deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Jesus through prayer, posture of grace, an invitation to walk life with others, openly with others, openly with others. I miss church. I miss seeing you. I miss hugging my brothers. I miss uh, talking to sisters and celebrating life and 
walking alongside others. This week, I, I met up with a couple of guys for some tacos and, and just around that, we just shared, hey guys, how's it going? How's, how's life going? What are challenges that are getting in the way of you following Jesus? And each one shared, and I thought, man, it's amazing. I shared my heart. I remember thinking, I need this. I need these brothers walking with me because I'm going through deep struggles. I'm going through battles that are hard. They're, they're difficult in my life. I need others around my life. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation or whether you grew up in a, in a home where your father said, hey, or your mother said, hey, we won't speak of this. Don't, don't, tell, don't let anyone know about what's going on in our home. You need other people around your life. I need other people around my life. I can't deny myself, pick up my cross and follow Jesus without others. Church, let's deny ourselves. Let's pick up a cross. Let's become apprentices of Jesus that walk not in front of Jesus, telling Jesus what to do, rebuking Jesus, but who walk behind Jesus, saying, I will follow the pattern of your life. May you become me in my heart. I love you and I miss you. And I pray God's blessing upon your life. In Jesus' name, have a great Sunday. Amen. God bless you.